You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. What do you know about Tourette's Syndrome? If you're like me, it's not a lot. And like many conditions, it's actually harder on the people afflicted with a condition the less others know about it. So our ignorance can hurt others, especially children. This week is Tourette Syndrome Awareness Week, where we're being encouraged to take five minutes to learn a bit about the disorder, and so that's what we're doing today with Robin Latimer. She's the president of the Tourette Syndrome Association of Australia. Hi, Robin. How are you? Good morning. Thank you. I'm well. What exactly is Tourette Syndrome? Well, Tourette Syndrome is a neurological disorder caused by an excess of neurotransmitters that are basically brain chemicals and they jump parts of the brain turning movements on and making sounds someone makes sounds and vocalizations without that person being able to turn them off so it's an involuntary condition and those movements and sounds are called tics and so, so there's motor sorry I was just going to say, some people might interpret Tourette's to be when people swear, but that's not how it manifests all the time, is it? No, that's a, that's a very common misconception or a myth. Um, people do, some people do have a tick called coprolalia, which might make them say obscene words, um, and there's also copropraxia, which might be obscene gestures. And things. But that's just one tick of many, many kinds of ticks someone with Tourette's may have. And unfortunately, that's the one the media has shown the most in movies and things in a negative or tried to make a joke out of it. And so now people think that is what Tourette's syndrome is. Um, when less than 10% of people who have Tourette's might have that particular kind of tick. Is there an age when it might manifest or when you know that that's what's happening? It does vary. The, the most common age of diagnosis is the ages of seven to nine years of age. What can happen a lot of the time is the earlier years, certain behaviours might start showing that are more related to ADHD or obsessive compulsive kind of behaviours or anxiety. They're very, very common to come hand in hand with Tourette's. Um, and then later on the tics start appearing, the movements or the vocalisations and that's when um, most people start to realise, oh, this is something different, this, is, this could be um, neurological and something different. It sounds incredibly frustrating for the person experiencing it because they basically don't have control of their movements or what their actions, what, what they're wanting to do. Um, how does that impact on people who have this condition? Hugely. It's a lot of people, if they, if they have tics that are socially taboo kind of tics or there's tics that might be spitting or touching people in places that are private, you know, there's so many strange kinds of tics, then those ones that are socially awkward can really be isolating, um, make the person easily ridiculed in bullying at school and things like that. And, and tics are very suggestive. So if kids at school cotton on to a child having a tic and they mimic it, when the child sees that, then they are, have this impulse to then do it again. So it's like a guaranteed reaction. Oh, that's so awful. 
Yeah, so the, the psychological impacts are huge. So inclusion at school, inclusion and total acceptance at home is really expected um, to make an enormous difference. And teachers can really help as well by making sure they're fully informed and, and understand that what they're seeing in a child with, with ticks is just the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot of unseen aspects of Tourette's syndrome going on as well. So look a bit deeper and ask more questions and get in touch more with the families. You're listening to Kindling Conversation and it's Tourette Syndrome Awareness Week where we're being asked to um, take five minutes to learn a bit about the disorder, which we're doing now with Robin Latimer, who's the president of Tourette Syndrome Association of Australia. So, Robin, how can parents help? You know, how can we teach our children to be more accepting of other kids who might have Tourette's? Again, it's just about um, opening a conversation and that's what our campaign this year is. It's called Take Five for Tourette's Syndrome. Take five minutes to learn a few facts. Um, children are really, other children at school, in school and, and siblings are really accepting if they're given a reason. So it's, Tourette's is something quite overt. People can see it. It's not like you can hide it. So those who are more open have, um, better, have had better outcomes long term. So... I guess it's just talk about it, ask questions, don't be afraid um, to open that conversation, to accept and not to focus on it. Ask a question, you know, do you mean to do that? Does it hurt? You know, some ticks really can hurt. Is there something I can do to help you? The main thing we can do to help someone with Tourette's is to alleviate stressful situations and make them feel welcome because stress exacerbates ticks. So if they can be... Um, in an environment where they, if they're in a classroom and they need to move, a teacher might give them the duty of taking some, going to the office and getting a box of tissues so they get that opportunity to move without being embarrassed in front of the class and just being creative with solutions. Is there any treatment for it, Robert? There's, there are treatments. There's no specific medication for Tourette's, so it's very much trial and error using medications intended for other conditions. Um, but outside of medication, people that have uh, awareness training and other knowledge through psychologists, and in particular one called Cognitive Behavioural Intervention for Ticks, has proven efficacy to help with ticks. So they could, these sorts of awareness training can be um, taken while you're, you might also be medicated or they can be undertaken with no medication as well. And they can really help um, a child or an adult with Tourette's start to see, get, get a bit more insight into their condition, start to try and see um, what symptoms or little triggers might be their personal triggers uh, so that they can mitigate it sooner and, and have a bit more control in particular situations. But really young children won't have that insight. That kind of training is generally for age eight and up. Robin, if people want to find out more, where can they go? Uh, our website is a good place to start, which is www.tourette.org.au. We have a lot of information there that you can download for free for educators and families. And we also have a shop of other curated resources that we've compiled from various places around the world. Um, we also have an email address, info at tourette.org.au. 
And this coming Saturday, the 13th of May, we have our national conference being held in Canberra. So you're all welcome to come. It's open to families. It's open to medical practitioners and also educators. It's a very well-rounded and presented conference with with, um, some very eminent senior um, medical professionals. Robin, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. That's Robin Latimer. She's the president of the Tourette Syndrome Association of Australia and we'll pop a link up to her website later this afternoon. Just head to kindling.com.au. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.